The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Uh, I'm clicking the button. It's already blue. Uh, and we're God live. is smiling upon us today. I know. Seriously. Um, it is Friday, October 8th, 2021. It is 5 o'clock p.m. Ben and I were discussing our personal terms of service uh, that we are going to want to put into all of our into all of our interactions with people, I think, going forward. Uh, but I generally also just wanted to say that there was something about saying 2021 today, that the second that I said it, there was a part of my brain that went to, and I will take the monologue, went to Y2K. And like, mm. I like, I think that like Y2K is this forgotten part of our collective panic that that we kind of like with the Aztecs 2012 end of the world like depiction, like we just kind of like like subsumed it into our consciousness. We're like, we're all gonna forget that we believed in this thing. But I remember in high school, so it was 2000, I was in high school. I remember being in my parents' basement, having a little New Year's Eve party with a bunch of my good friends, cause I was in high school, the sophomore, sophomore, junior. And, uh, basically like waiting for all of the lights to go out the electric grids to turn off like everything bad going to happen and nothing happened like it was, it was such a letdown yes and so can i actually ask so i'm like i don't know why that hit me it's not like i don't know i'm not aware of the time that i'm in all the time but there was something about saying 2021 today that like just hit me i was like if you were born in 2000 you are now 21 years old. You are aged to drink, like everything else. You're an adult. Like, I'm just kind of curious. I'm like, huh. Like, I wonder what it's been like to like grow up completely in Y2K. Well, you know, my Y2K experience was that a good friend of Tammy and mine, let's just call him Dave, was convinced that, well, and Dave is a computer scientist. He was convinced that Y2K was going to be the end of civilization. Um, so There's like a lot of people that were smart. No, no, I want to bring in he, Mike Godwin to talk about this. He was, uh, he, and he is not a crank. He's not a silly person. Um, I never thought it was going to be that big a deal, but Dave wanted to go out into, uh, you know, a place uh, where we were heavily not dependent on anything. And so he... Uh, rented a like cabin in the woods kind of situation and didn't have internet or anything um, and invited his friends to come out and hang out so that when the apocalypse came, you know, at least we'd have firewood and that sort of thing. Uh, and there we were at midnight and absolutely nothing changed. Um, and here we were <laughs> out in the middle <laughs> of the woods and it was a, we had a nice time it was a, we had a fire but and like, we, but wouldn't we have like what how much better would we be if, as humans if we had one moment like that for like vaccine 
truth testing. Like, right? Like we could all be the generous people and be like, we came to this cabin, we're still having fun. We gave you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> like, and like, yeah. we're all gonna just collectively forget your ignorance and move on. Like, I feel like we don't have that moment with this. That's right, because we're not allowed to have fun anymore. Oh, but in you. lieu of fun, it is cheese night. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it's just us cheese night. Cause Scott is, you know, doing his Scott thing and, and Genevieve, Genevieve has a new baby. Yeah. Um, but, she but I had, I had a, uh, a revelation today, um, which was that if Facebook can make me click through their terms of service and, tw and all these companies that I interact with, can impose any rules they want on me by saying there are terms of service and uh, making me click through them, then I should be able to do that too, both for companies and for people who want to interact with me. And so uh, I think I'm going to do this. I'm just going to have like a click through agreement. And, you know, if you if you're a company that wants to sell me something, I'll send you my terms of service. Uh, and if you're a uh, individual who wants, like, you know, to talk to me okay. about something or this to is... have a you know cup of sure. coffee, I'll send you my terms of service. But uh, and and if you don't, you know, click through them, then you just we just don't interact, and it's fine. <clears throat> Nobody's forcing you. To, to click through my terms of service. This doesn't but the actually seem like it's going to resolve your problems, just like terms of service don't resolve the platform's problems. Like, so well, I just, I, I feel like it's a principle of the thing. They have terms of service when they interact with me, so I should be able to have terms of service when I interact with them. No, that's but not how contracts is... work, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the problem is that's that I don't really know what... <laughs> but I don't really know how what my terms of service should be. Okay. I thought that this was going to be a very different conversation. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that your terms of service were like... You thought I was that. being metaphorical. No, I didn't actually. I thought you were being very serious. But I thought your terms of service were going to be like how other private individuals were supposed to interact with you. Not how the companies were supposed to interact with you. And also I thought that like, so I have some very clear terms of service. I do not, if I sign up to do your event, I do not want to do a pre-call to practice my Zoom. Like I do oh, not need that's, that. Right? You, like, don't need, I do not, you don't need Zoom practice? I don't need Zoom practice. Do, do, you, need, do you need being on a panel practice? No. Because you've never need, done that before and I don't maybe you don't actually know how to talk? Yeah. I don't need you to like seek out my expertise on something which you compliment me at for great for like long periods of time and then demand a written script that I have like when you're paying me no money and I'm doing all of this out of like the goodness of moving conversation and information and ideas forward and like I'm not going to take another five hours out of my day to come up with like a comprehensive script to ask and like a bunch of people that is going to be a 60 minute panel between four people in which everyone will get to say 10 minutes worth of stuff like yeah. there's right like and so like this type of thing um those are like do not invite me to something and when i say yes not follow up with a google invite that okay so don't you think you should have a clip 
Don't you think yes, you should have but, a click-through agreement that says when I interact with Kate Klonick, if I invite her on a panel and she agrees, I understand she is not doing the goddamn prep call? Yeah, I kind of like, but you also, here's the thing. Um, I have a very, this is particular to me and it's going to sound like, I have a very wide range of like people who have never, ever, ever like, want me to speak on something and like are very like in in some area that never interact with my world so like let's say the new york state bar association which is like a completely like a very us like a very i almost said austere august like kind of like uh organization of trial and serious legal attorneys that like is a professional organization and they invite me to speak on an internet panel and they don't know what they don't know and you can't like begrudge them that, right? Like you're kind of like, you're, this isn't your specialty. And yes, I will talk on your panel and do whatever. And there are also not people who have done tons of panels. And so they're like putting it together for the first time. And so you have to be kind of generous and kind of kind to them. But then there are people who are academics and do this type of thing all the time. And you're kind of like, what the hell is going on? Like, why is this so hard for you? And then there's like industry stuff. And that is in particular, like very, like you're kind of like, okay, like why haven't you figured this out yet? Um, but all of it is like very varied, which means that like, I would feel like a jerk set, like a lot of people, I have to be honest, in certain places do not know how to send an invite to like a thing. But like, isn't that though, isn't that sort of the point of the click-through agreement that you don't actually have to be the jerk because they've already signed it without reading it? But this is the point of the contract. Do I want, like, I don't give a fuck if they sign the contract. <laughs> like, there's nothing enforceable. I just want them to know how to interact with me. So what I actually want them to do is to read the terms, not just click through it. Well, and now so you're that, asking a lot. Yes. I just, I just point. want them to sign the TAM thing so that when they violate it, uh, I, I can just say you're in violation of terms of service <laughs> 3, 3A1. And you can um, just like, you just quit. You can just quit the thing. Yeah. I would say retract that demand or, I don't you even, know, haven't even you already signed point. the terms of service. You, you can't ask that of me. I don't even, haven't even gotten to the point in which I feel comfortable asking people for, um, where I feel comfortable asking people for money to speak, which you yell at me about all the time and a lot of other people. I, I have said this to you like, privately, Kate, I'll say it publicly. Every day, stand in front of a mirror and watch yourself saying the words, and my fee is. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just, it takes practice. I recently did this to a private organization that is literally like a professional conference, like one of those conferences that charges $500 to lay people to attend oh, it. And, and you I felt said, guilty for, for saying- No, and I said, I named a very reasonable fee. And they said, we'll get back to you. And then they responded and said, we're going to pay you your fee, which by the way is like, was like very, like it was less than like a, it was far less than like, I would be making an hourly rate at like a firm. And like, they were like, we'll pay you your fee this is the first time we've ever paid anyone for this. I'm like, so you're just grifting everybody? Like, that's <laughs> terrifying. Like, that you're making all this money off of this entire conference. Like, that's bonkers. Like, they're like, please don't tell anyone that you were paid. And I was like, 
no, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Mike Godwin has an excellent point in the Greek chorus, which is that I'm just going to read it. He says, yeah, asking for a fee helps me manage my schedule. Oh. It is uh, super. That is exactly right. Uh, it is very worth. Um, it has uh, helped me manage my schedule. Wait, so that's can we transition to what? Do you have a three part? Do you have a three? I have a three triumvirate thing that was like well, more that, operable post. So like, I'm going to bring Mike Godwin in. So. No, so this is great. I think we should we should go into the substance of our terms of service. Yeah. So Kate's terms of service, term of service number one is if she is appearing on a panel for you, you cannot ask her to uh, do a prep call. Uh, hello, Mike Godwin. Do you have a term of service? Did you guys plan your outfits and glasses together? <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, no, Mike got the memo. No, yeah. I know. I, I, I had to send him a telegram because my internet was out, but we got no. it. <laughs> so do you have a term of service? Uh, uh, I'm not going to join a panel that has only men on it. You know, I think that's, that's always good required good. now. I just can't. I can't. I can't live with it. So but wait, is that a term of service or is that a... a, a no, a, it is. Absolutely. It is, it is, Ben, because here's the thing. I may accept an engagement uh, without knowing who's going to be on a panel because they don't know, right? But then I just say that if it turns out that the only people you get on your panel are men... Okay, I'm, so good. It's, it's a total term of service. Yeah. yeah. I like that term of service. I mean, I obviously... If I'm being asked to a panel, it's a little redundant for me. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Um, so in try, so you, I love this. So actually, when I was being told to start saying no to more things, which I have tried to do increasingly, but like people help gave me, a, and this was pre-COVID. People gave me a really helpful heuristic. Is it in a place that you? want to go to and it's like would be fun for you to visit because you can like get a free trip out of it to like Italy or South Florida or somewhere that you want to or like you know or someplace that you want to go is it some type of are you getting something deep out of it professionally like you'll be around other people who are really great on the panel and like or be surrounded by people who'll be listening to your ideas that there's a lot or are they paying you a lot of money? Those were like the three things like pick, like there should be like, that's, ba but like, I've had a hard time figuring out what to do with the geographic one. I basically just folded it into the money one. I, I, you know, the thing I, I have to say that as a matter of principle, I have to consider the, the not male only event as, as, universally applicable even if this trip would otherwise be a sweet yeah. you know junket yeah um and uh and i'm i'm as you know i'm as eager to you know go to ukraine or go to you know uh ireland or australia as anyone for an event but uh but i i just don't i just don't do it um so and how long has that been a term of service was that an amendment to your original terms of service no i mean was, i didn't I didn't think about it. Uh, I, I would say it's relatively recent because, um, uh, 
and, and not because I wasn't alert to the fact that, you know, uh, in the in the different fields in which I work, many of them are very male dominated. And so it was sort of hard to staff up. But I began, but, you know, I mean, I, I've been doing this stuff for 30 years and there's plenty of women who are perfectly great resources, uh, you know, and there's and if it were and to be honest, if it were a question of how, you know, if it were my place or a, a, a qualified woman's place, I would just bow out, you know, if that's the only way to get the panel, you know, diverse uh, as far as gender goes. I mean, there are other diversity issues, too, but uh, that that's an easy one, I think, to address in 2021. So, you know, and in 2011, for that matter. So let's so let's do it. Uh, I think so. I'd say the last 10 years, that's sort of my long answer to your short question. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ben? What are your well, I'm, I'm using this discussion uh, to to formulate my terms of service, because my main thing is that I want a, a, a clear set, you know, something that I can create a click through agreement about. I'm really just in string gathering mode about what the substance of it should be. I really don't think that you want a click-through agreement. So like, maybe <laughs> you do, but you keep saying click-through, but like, I actually think you want a meaningful terms of service. You're trying to build a better machine. I think you're trying to actually get people to, wouldn't you be happier if you didn't have to even field an email from all right, people? All right, let, so let's- let, Meet your terms of service? Let me give you uh, the list of hard and fast terms of service rules. I don't write law review articles. There you go. Um, right. I just don't. Um, yeah, so like, wouldn't you I, love I, it if like law reviews I, just like got filtered out of your inbox? I think it is a corrupt that. form. It's a terrible form. It shouldn't exist. Um, I, I don't believe in things that have so little, dis little regard for the reader. So I don't believe in law review articles and I don't write them. Um, I have violated that terms of service only once recently, which was because uh, of Daniel Citron. Um, but um, I'm never doing it again, even though I like writing with Danielle. Uh, and when she asked me recently if I would write with her again, I told her, yes, but not a law review article. Uh, so that's a pretty hard and fast rule, uh, a pretty hard and fast terms of service. Well, well so here's a the, here's the hard question, Ben. What if you do a colloquium and they offer to transcribe your remarks. So this happens fairly frequently, and my rule is they are free to translate, uh, trans, transcribe my remarks, um, but I will not cooperate with the process of site checking them. Oh, oh, I had a different. Oh. I had a. Oh no, that's actually that's actually. Uh, I think that uh, that's to your detriment. <laughs> Let me explain. Let me explain. They uh, had a. I was one, I was once transcribed from a colloquium and they and then they sent me the draft, you know, and the sites were all wrong and they were terribly wrong. And it would have been my name That's sitting, what I was above just gonna these, say. sitting above these rotten citations. And I pulled my I said, no fucking way. I, I literally said that to the editor in chief of the law review. I said, are you fucking kidding me? I cannot, I, I could never recover from the damage that you are doing to me. And this is just the ones I caught. Who knows what ones I wouldn't have caught. So this is, um, this is, uh, I, I have a, my approach to this is uh, I tell them, you know, you, you're free to site check it any way you want and add whatever stuff you want to it. But I will disclaim any knowledge of a responsibility and I won't review it. Um, and they all seem happy with that. And so there are a number of law review <laughs> articles that have a speech by me 
that they've randomly attached. Um, that's uh, right. Let's just put nonsense out into the public sphere. I want to look for all those articles and I want to look for those articles and cite you for for some proposition that you don't believe in and that is wrongly. Well, no, no, it's it won't be a it won't be like the tra the transcript of what I said will be true, but you know it right. might be attributed to William Shakespeare or to and I will just if anybody calls me on like a misattribution, I'll say I had nothing to do with that. I gave a speech at thing and some law students added some citations. Um, I, I really like feel like I have no, if you want to add a whole lot of citations that I didn't make to something that I wrote, that's really your responsibility, not mine. I mean, I, so this is interesting. I mean, just to give you an idea of the citation that I would have been embarrassed, this one that I distinctly remember was that they, this, the, the footnote said that George Carlin was a defendant in FCC versus Pacifica. Right. So, I mean, that's just like it's not the speaker's fault if some idiot student wants to include that. But like those. But see, here's the really prob problematic part about law reviews is like the editorial board that made that decision disappears and like it is constantly changing every year. And so there's which no is great because they can't challenge your assertions. No, <laughs> they I don't think exist missing, anymore. I think that people miss like they're not going to blame the law review for that. They're going to blame Mike because he's the reliable party and he is the cited party. And so they're not like even if Mike comes sure. back to them and says, not that they'll ask Mike because no one asks, they just do like they'll just be like, oh, Mike erroneously cited to this like fundamentally misunderstands Pacifica. And like, yeah. and like, this is like, this is like, it disparages his entire reputation. And like, I think Mike's reputation has been preserved pristinely in Amber, notwithstanding the ongoing efforts of student law review editors to besmirch it. Yeah, and well, uh, I did a lot of work, though, to keep that, you know, to keep my record relatively, you know, and can we actually have a moment? I want to spill a little bit of dirt on like, and I, I want, we've talked about this before because you and I have gone back and forth on this, but I want to hear Mike's thoughts on this. I have recently, so there was a publication that I have written for before. And there have been like a couple of moments in which they have tried to, I don't know how to say this, sensationalize the headline in which they sell like whatever it is that I'm writing. And I am relatively sophisticated, although I still doubt myself and then text Ben, uh, that like basically like that I have my ability to push back. I'm like, can I push back on this? And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay, good. Um, but like sensationalize the claims I am making or my position vis-a-vis -vis the like a company or like whatever else. And I am very dismayed that this is like kind of part of what's happening. So for example, this recently happened with the New York Times. They wanted to just sell like a slightly kind of a slightly sensationalized version of like what I wanted to say. They wanted it to be like, I was inside Facebook. And so therefore I know these things. And I found that to be very deceptive given the conditions in which I was inside Facebook and what I knew. And so I really pushed back on that. I was like, absolutely not. You can't say that. They came back to me twice. 
three times, like trying to kind of like massage this headline into a first person narrative in which I was saying this. And I was like, no, like that's just not going to work. And then like they, you know, and so whatever. And I was going to write another piece for them again, a couple uh, days later. And I saw like, and this is actually fascinating. They're, they have a lot of headlines like this. So it's not like, it's not particularly like, it's not particularly like I'm saying this is just about me. This is a very typical way of writing a headline. But they had a headline that said like, I was inside Facebook. This is how to regulate Facebook. And it was from, a it was a, it was quite well written actually. And it cited Daphne Keller, who I love. And like, it was a good piece, but it was like the exact same headline. And it was from a position of kind of a data scientist that had been inside Facebook and had done all this work and had like some thoughtful like advice. But it was so interesting to me that this was like they had like tried to massage me into a similar headline. And it was like it's such an like it was like, is this just search engine optimization? Is this I don't even think it's SEO. Like, I think it's actually something else. Like, I think it's like what they know people click on, which is first person narrative. We, we have a joke at Lawfare that uh, when we have a really boring piece that's like super technical and exactly the sort of thing that no one would want to read, uh, except the core, molten core of our core audience, we're going to give it the headline XXX, girls, 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 XXX, and then see but what this happens. Is, I mean, like, this is, I mean, that's exactly right. No, 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 no. So that's exactly right. I will also say, as you have known me to do, Ben, I walk everything back to the most boring place possible because I don't like to overclaim on like anything that I'm saying and like whatever. It's fine. It's why I was not, I didn't, well, let's say I was not good at being a journalist. I did not enjoy being a journalist. It was like not my, it was like, like not the right like jam for me because I wasn't going to ever upsell anything. And so like that was... I don't know. I think that this is kind but, of like one of these moments. Yeah, but the tradition of misleading headlines sort of predates the internet, I, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not saying and, that it doesn't. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. I'm just giving my and, personal. And, and, you know, I, I just remember, I rem and, and I'll get, my favorite examples come from uh, science journalism, because you'll have a, if you have a, 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 a science journal article, that has been written by scientists and gone through peer review and so on. And then a science journalist may write it up and, and characterize the conclusions of the, or the, or the implications of the article in a way that's designed. It's clickbait. They just, you know, they'll basically rework it so that, you know, is there, was there a God before the big bang, you know, will suddenly be the headline of something that's a cosmology article about, you know, the beginning of the universe. And, and, uh, and, the, and, and there's a market apparently for that. There are a lot of people who just leaf through, you know, science journalism because it's it's a kind of a, uh, a niche of, of thrill journalism. Ben, what do you do running a literal journalistic organization that specializes in the wonk? Like, and I will say that, like, I came up in Talking Points Memo, which was a organization that was both very wonky and sophisticated, but also an organization that was very ideological. So they were like bent towards certain types of headlines. And so it was, uh, it wasn't like people would miss the nuance, but they were certainly wanted the nuance spun in their direction. 
if they were going to read it. And I just wonder if you feel a similar type of pull. Not really. I mean, we do a, first of all, the range of our readership is fairly narrow. You know, it, we, there are, uh, uh, there's a certain group of people who read us religiously. There's, uh, I, I think, relatively small number of people are highly sensitive to headlines. We try to choose good headlines. Um, every now and then you have a piece that the headline drives. It doesn't happen very often for us. Um, mostly people read our stuff because it's responsive to research questions that they're thinking about or because they're just very interested in the subject. Uh, so I, I think it's... Um, we're a bad example of that. I do think, um, you know, we chose to be a bad example of that. And there are, uh, like, we could chase the marginal click much more than we do. Um, so, Mike, what other terms of service do you have? Well, uh, I... I do require that I read the version that before it goes into print. I, I, I have to the, the version. I have to see the very last version. Um, that you know, that's uh, that's not something I can enforce, but it's certainly something I can force by never contracting with that uh, with that journal again or with that venue again. I have to see it because uh, you know there are people. I mean, this is uh, maybe. Uh, self-important you know it is probably self-important but I, I worry that if people rely on me to have you know to tell the truth then i really have to be absolutely sure that what comes out under my name is true you know and accurate and and also at the same i mean one of the things that i do uh, sometimes I, I'll, I'll be quoted as some, saying something inaccurate and I'll, I'll always try to publicize my mistakes because that way if i don't publicize a mistake and i didn't think it was a mistake and, and people know can know that but the terms of service aspect of it is uh, that i have you know i have to if you want to work with me i have to see the thing before it goes to press or before you put it up on the web kate do you have other terms of service sure i think we're going to bring in like other people for terms of service but mike godwin you're a great american you are a great american you even, have well coordinated e outfits. Even if you insist on reading your copy before I'm, it goes I'm to also, press. I have noticed that you've managed to hang your Shakespeare uh, uh, poster behind you. It's a good thing you did that after you gave your Where's the Lie story. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Uh, to David H., I just want to say Marginal Click is not the band name. It's the name of the album. Uh, it was the first album of uh, of of uh, the band. Um, so, KK, Great, what what are your other? Click? What's I don't that? Know what that is? What's marginal click? Uh, I I said we don't chase the marginal click. Oh. And uh, so somebody said David H said that marginal click is the name of the band. Uh, is a good band name, but I think it's the album name. So why actually. don't you, I want to know what your terms of service are. All right, I have know. a bunch of other terms of yeah, service. Yeah, please, tell me. Um, so, first of all, I don't blue book. 
that's not that's like most people then that's not no most hard. people do blue book you no, learn it in one... your people blue book but most what? people don't need to like just i'm sorry when you when you write a law review article what format do you have to do this all the citations in blue book yeah but like and you're not a legal academic that is incumbent upon the legal i'm not a, I, I don't blue book People yeah. ask me to blue book things all the time. Oh my God, Mateo, in blue book form. shut up. You're so lucky you don't know what blue booking is. The Harvard Law Review decided to create its own standard for legal review called the, the Harvard Blue Book, which they literally have are minting money off of because they like charge a subscription fee for the online version and charge you like $25 a copy for like the physical version of their inane rules of hyphenation and abbreviation and formatting for sites and texts and put i just want to say i'm in the blue book I'm and i the, don't blue book you really are fuck you really you're in the blue yeah, book that is I'm like a, that's book. epic that's like being in I'm, like i'm the example of the non-contiguously paginated magazine article <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm, actually perfect for you <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> so I just want to say like I, the improper use of a semicolon clonic. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So um, you know, uh, I I but I don't blue book. All right, you you get to give us another term of service now. Um, that you um cannot expect me like that. You're not going to hook me by asking me to like. I will be I will faster decline something with an offer to write than I will decline it with just an offer to speak. Like I am not hungry to create things to write for. And you, you're smiling because I have an, a year, like an 18 month overdue deadline. I was smiling because of that on the one hand and the <laughs> fact that Daniel in the chat wrote non-contiguously paginated. Now there's a good name. Yeah. So the two of those in combination got yeah. me. So, I mean, so that, like, I just like, if you're like, we have this opportunity for you to write for a symposium. And I'm like, I I am sure that I will be at some point, like, very hungry for those types of things and very eager. But for right now, those are like a surefire way of being, for me being like, that means that there are 20 fewer students that I can talk to or have interaction with because I will be writing something and I cannot possibly do that. Um, and so I don't do that. But like, what's your next terms of service? Do you have like, what, I mean, I'm very curious to know like your travel terms of service. We like have assumed that that doesn't exist, but I, I have to think that you had lines that you drew before COVID around this idea. When people ask me to travel? Yeah. To like to like give a talk like what was the, like whether you were going to be a panelist or like the keynote or like something like that um my rule about travel is very simple if you are not somebody i care about uh or a uh nonprofit organization that i believe in you know that i have some affinity for and therefore want to do a service for uh or a group of students um in which case i have a you know an academic rate i charge a lot of money to travel um it's a very strange um culture in the in like in academia in which you really don't you're really like you're expected to like 
like maybe you'll give an honorarium. You're always expected to cover travel and hotel and like for a person, but you are you really are not. It is like gauche to 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 ask for money to like if I'm going to go speak at like Rutgers or Indiana, like they'll pay for my hotel and they'll pay for my travel, but there is no fee for the speaking fee or the fact that I've lost 36 hours of my life traveling. I, I don't basically, I don't go to academic conferences is my terms of service. I sometimes hold them. You were you part of that Hoover conference that we did? Yeah, I ran it. Yeah. Okay. I ran it. I I was just saying to Nate, I was just saying to Nate personally that like that remains like, the high point of my of like in my mind for the last six years that the high point of the conversation around internet reform maybe we should have another one with those same people so i'm disturbed to see in the chat by the way that there is a question about whether i have been removed as the non-consecutively paginated uh uh magazine article um uh john hawkinson says he does not see me in there so i am uh it was certainly the case that i was there for a long time i believe you i probably have one version or another of that they pay like they give them to me because i it is i have been removed paula says no whoa that's so harsh Oh, that man. is harsh. I, it's like you a form of cancel find, culture. You should, like, you should find on eBay like a vintage edition of the blue book that you were still in and like highlight it and put it in amber. No, don't Whoa. do that. Yeah, I'm or embedded I'm, in my I actually just table. don't do that because I'm going to do that for your birthday, which is coming up. So like, don't do that. <laughs> um, this is terrible. Uh, 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 Richard Wattenbarger, it's your fault. Uh, something about you know, Carl Orff. What's your terms? So first of all, we, we, we know this wasn't your question, Richard, but like, what, what are your terms of service? Uh, I, I was ready for this. And, so. and also, uh, what are your terms of service? And then also, um, I do like this question, although I haven't followed, like, I haven't followed the controversy. So you'll, you'd have to explain it a little bit, but first, what are your terms of service, Richard? So, so well, um, some of them standard, uh, no end notes, no author date citations. Wait, wait, no end notes as in no notes or like footnotes? Footnotes. Yes, yes, correct. Okay. Um, and then the, but the most important one is you disturb my delicately calibrated hierarchy of commas, dashes, and parentheses, and your ass is mine. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Yeah. So, I find that like um, I have definitely found that like there is a uh, that there is a that the delicate composition is often so like I go back and read it and it made so much sense where I put that comma as I was like completing it in the like the dialogue of my brain into the sentence of like where I would have paused in speech but doesn't actually make sense in writing. Anyways, I just I think that this is hard. I, I, you know, I always look at it like a, a positive phrases and, and, and the like. Uh, I look at them as, um, you know, as existing in a hierarchy of how, how important is this? And, uh, and you know, so I, I do use way too many dashes. Or some people would say I use way too many dashes. Um, 
most people would say that. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> but, um, you know. I, I'm glad we agree on this. So wait, I want to hear what happened with the Nobel Prize today. Oh, I, so they, I saw the two winners, yes. the, journalist, the, two, the two journalists. And so. I thought they were you know, worthy, worthy recipients of the Nobel Prize, although there's a lot of talk that why did they, uh, you know, why did they pass over uh, Navalny uh, for the Nobel uh, Peace Prize? And so, you know, this just kind of got me thinking. I, um, you know, and I, I, I've long thought over the, you know, the history of Nobel Peace Prize, you know, you have some really good ones, like, uh, but, but you have some real weird ones and some just and some really bad ones. You know, for example, I, you know, that there was, it was insane that, uh, that they awarded Obama the, uh, Nobel Peace Prize, ten, not even 10 months into his presidency. I mean, um, I think that he also thought that that was insane. Yeah. I mean, like, I yeah. mean, I think that, like, I think that it was such a bad move in, like, a million, in, like, a million ways. Yeah. But sorry. But go yeah, ahead. But, yeah. And, um, yeah. Now, this is a reflection more, not on Obama, but on the Nobel, on the Peace Prize Committee. On the committee. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the other, uh, another example is the way they... Um, you know, it's actually something I kind of supported, but the uh, when they gave um, uh, Albara Day and uh, you know the atomic, what is it? Um, you know the uh, the proliferation thing. The uh, but they no 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 it was it was I'm sorry it's 2002 it was Carter when they gave awarded him the Nobel Peace Prize during the run up to the Gulf War and you know it was very much seen the timing was seen as a political statement. There and I'm thinking, yeah, like, what's going on with these these people there? Uh, and then there have been some similar things uh, like that over the years. I'm just wondering, this outside of the recipients who uh, receive a large uh, bowl of money, um, are the, does the Peace Prize really have any significance anymore? Does it mean anything? Did, did and did it ever? I mean, I guess it must have at one time, but it, it just seems um, it, it seems weird. Uh, I, think, I, that, I mean, they still do it, but yeah. the Nobel Peace Prize is an abomination in the sight of God, and here's the reason: because um, so there's two ways to award the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, and by the way, I think extremely highly of uh, uh, the woman who received it today, uh, who's, by the way, whose interview with Evelyn Dueck on the Lawfare podcast from several months ago is very worth your time. Um, uh, Great candidate for your weekend. Uh... Yes, well, that will be on our weekend list. But um, here's the problem. So you can give it to a worthy dissident, which is... Uh, the, the Maria Ressa model or the Navalny model. And that's always a good move until the dissident becomes the president of the country like Edvard Shevardnadze and becomes a dictator in his own right, which it actually does happen a fair bit with dissidents. Now, Edvard Shevardnadze never got a Nobel Peace Prize, and I'm sure the Nobel Committee is very relieved about that. Um, uh but the bigger problem is that the dissident is the uh, the classic example of that is Aung San Suu Kyi, um, uh, you know, uh, who 
went from uh, the Nobel laureate dissident to the uh, 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 apologist for uh, a, uh, genocide of the Rohingya. Uh, um, so the other model for the Nobel Peace Prize is to take the person who does the most for peace in the world at a given in a given year. And the problem with that model is that that same person is very vulnerable to uh, uh, the next year, say, starting a war in Eritrea or in um, not in Eritrea, in um, uh, Tigray. Um, and uh, there is a long history from uh, Yasser Arafat to uh, 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 you know lots of people who've been given the Nobel Prize based on a particular moment in time that didn't turn out to be the end of history. And uh, subsequent history didn't treat them so well. And so I would say, don't give anybody the Nobel Prize until they're dead. That is my, if I, th I think the, Nobel Prize should be given posthumously posthumously to the family of somebody whose life is a um, no 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 don't don't agree those not are my terms of service not the, <laughs> the moni not the monetary award like why the fuck does like the family have some type like they would be really great at distributing this money because they're the family no they're fine then give it away in his in his or her name yes but the point is. Like, yes. like, don't, like, just... like, like literally like people know that they're in contention for this and have been like notified and there are ways that people know and they're being like cleared and like or retired. Vetted. They can be, I don't right. even care like, that much if they're dead, but just like, don't think you're going to choose people mid career and say, oh, Kate Klonick for this brilliant contribution to peace. And Kate's busily like building nukes in her basement. Yeah. I mean, all which I am. Which you so are. There's also like, but there's, but I really do like, I, I like, I, I love this because this is. <laughs> Toy Tanks has the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Tanks wrote, oh, writes, you don't like, have to wait for somebody kind of, to come die. You can just give them the award and then kill them. It's just like the Texas abortion law. It's just like a bounty. <laughs> you know, like, just, um, no, there's, I, I do think that there is like this very real kind of idea that you're catching some like the idea of peace is like a completely naive philosophy of monolithic conceit and that like obviously peace can involve war and it in fact does invoke war it's kind of like saying like i'm really happy now and how do you know you're happy it's like well because i was sad before and i know what sadness is and so like but i mean just as quickly it can turn the opposite and like it's just a it's it's a very um I, I do think I like this idea that it's about like like a rewarding of a contribution over time because like if you really want to make your award not about not about kind of a person or or necessarily a branding or necessarily about you as an award giving function then like the thing that you should do is not tether it to the person but tether it to some type of institution that the person is entrusted and if you gave people the option of like saying like you've been nominated for a nobel prize like literally there's probably thousands of people this is true of and they could name a donor or update it 
that they could then give that to you posthumously. Like that would be, I think that would be significant. I think that would, and it's something that like in this day and age, I think like digitally, we're very capable of like kind of updating those priors. Um, we have Joel and Nudge. Joel, so great to see you. What are your terms of service, Joel? Yeah, what are your terms My of terms service? My terms of service? Uh, we were discussing my candy provisions earlier in the oh, sidebar. So, you, so you that's know, what terms of service, we call that a writer. <laughs> but like David Lee Roth had an M&M situation that's that he required, on your blah, contract. blah, blah. It's not a terms of so service. So I was saying that all candy must be uh, within one ounce, plus or minus of a standard Snickers. Hmm. Oh, a standard Snickers. So like, yeah, the standard old school Snickers, you know, uh, so when the candy's involved, it has to be within one ounce plus or minus. So like, if you have like, I don't understand. So like a Twizzler, would you need a Twizzler that is the mm. size of a Snickers? I don't understand. Now, now one, <laughs> there, there might be a sort of a writer here because I actually like a Twizzler a lot, especially if I'm watching a movie. <laughs> They're really good, right? All right. Right. I, so we might we might get some weight variants because of personal, you know, yeah. affection. Okay. Okay. Go I want to confess a very important terms of service for you me. You don't like Twizzlers? I don't use the word problematic. Oh, me too. I have also it's, I went to Brown University and everyone used this word, that and the hegemony, and I've stopped using both of them. So hege hegemony works in the context of international relations. Yeah. Right? So like where you have a hegemon. Like, but there is no circumstance in which you need to word, use the word problematic. Yeah, that's in, problematic. In, I'm sorry. In all I, I, situations, I, I, you can replace sure problematic problem with, with you know, a problem. I think that's problematic. I'm just telling you, I don't use it. If you okay. want... To interact with me, you can't also demand that your interlocutors are saying problematic. I think that that's, I think that's a good, um, Joel, what are you drinking? This would be the St. Bernard's Abbott 12 as always. Oh, you said that to us. Ridiculously so pretentious good. glass. Yeah. It is a beautiful pretentious glass though. Yeah, so I good. know, it's just ridiculous. Okay, it's so ridiculous. I have one last item that I'd yeah. like to broach prior to my graceful exit and that is when is in lieu of fun con how much of the tickets and where do i get a t-shirt we don't know we don't know and we don't know well you can get the t-shirt now on the not for the con though the convention it's a long con <laughs> very good kate <laughs> very nice I, I think we should have a poll on where the con is going to be i think that that's great i think that joel's question is great um i'm gonna put the poll up but ben where what are the options that i should put in the mix well i don't know you're you're on you're on the com today so no. um all right, you Rev see, says Wilmington, Delaware has got to be on the I list. Know. I'll put it in there um, just because. Estonia, Tallinn. Uh, Estonia. Um, DC, maybe? Wilmington. Uh, people, calibrate your answers accordingly. Oh my God, people are going nuts. Uh, <laughs> Delphi. You're not voting when you text into the chat, just FYI. Um, 
Camp David. Yeah, I'm not going to include that one. Um, the Amtrak private rail car is like compelling, but too compelling and jokey to be taken seriously. So I'm not going to put it on. Okay. London, I'll put that on. Okay. Um, Canada. There's, it's a big country, but I'll just like stick it in there. <laughs> Anywhere in Canada. I know. Sorry, Pauline. <laughs> yeah. Kate's house in Cape Cod. Her yeah. parents would love no, that. My parents are not into that. I can't even have friends over, so there's like not. Like, um, it's their house. They make the rules. This is why I don't join the housing association. We seem to have a lot of people advocating for Philly. It's a, it's a, I. No, it Daniel, is. we're not having it in a murder hornet's nest. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems like unpleasant the for everybody. Up. There is, uh, there's a lot of, so, oh, wow, wow. A lot of DC. Okay, so it's changing. Anyway, we'll see. Um, I'll look back in a second. I I generally think that we should have something. Maybe as stuff kind of calms down in a couple of months. I don't know what's happening with our travel schedules, Ben, respectively, meaning kind of like that we're both kind of tied into various travel things in December. Um, but it would be fun to have something um, around the holidays, maybe as a con somewhere. I think it'd be great fun. Um, um, Where? What did you vote in the poll, DC? I have not voted in the poll. Well, you no, I think vote. I'm gonna. I think in honor of um, Thomas, I'm gonna vote for Estonia. Oh, um, great! Throw away your vote. <laughs> Just throw it away. <laughs> uh, look, uh, somebody suggested Cape Breton Island, which seemed like a great idea to Where's me. Where's that? But Where's that? It's in Canada. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's, it's very, I very like beautiful. that, but I have Canada. Why didn't you vote for Canada? Because it's too not specific enough. Hello, Paula. What Hi, are Paula. your terms of service? Yeah. What are your terms of service, Paula? Like my personal terms of service? Cause no one's hiring me to come like speak. Somewhere. No, no. If there were a click through agreement and somebody had to agree to it, to, to interact well, no with Paula. No one's hiring me to speak anywhere when I was grade. Trust me. It's like, it's completely fine. That's actually normal. I mean, Kate, Kate says I'm not participating in, in your prep call and um, for, for your Zoom conference. And uh, and uh, what was the second one? Oh, that I will not write. I yeah, that write she's not writing anything for you. In physical um, form, like before I go. Like yeah, I wish she told me that before she agreed to write a paper. Um, but, um, <laughs> but And mine are, you know, uh, um, uh, I'm... I'm not going to use the word problematic, no matter how much you want me to. And and uh, um, I forget the other one. So um, what are yours? Well, I think like my real one is like, if we're like, I wouldn't say for everyone, because I wouldn't want this to apply to everyone. But if I'm very close with you, like, I have to be able to show up at your house at any time that I want. Like, that's like mm. a thing. I don't know why. Like, I just like, even if you like live across the country, if I just want to get on a plane and, and come to your house. Does it have to be without, can it be without warning? Like you just show up? No, or, I'll text you. But like <laughs> text five minutes before you show up or before no, you get on I'll the plane? I'll text when I'm leaving. I, will text I see. Okay. That's... Um, I'm just like, I'm like that. Like if I want to like see someone, like I'm totally like. I'm just going to show up. I think Mateo also put in the chat, no requests for feet pics. I will throw like no requests for feet <laughs> pics or nudes in there. Like not a thing that I'm okay with. 
Um, okay, so, so that's positive. a positive and a negative, things that you do expect and things that you mm -hmm. will not do. It's kind of like me, I won't use the word problematic. You won't send feed pics. Yeah, I don't know, maybe like the first one is just like growing up, like, I don't know if you like grew up and your parents left the door open at your house and it was just never like locked. No, okay. No. But, uh, I, I think I we need to bring Mateo on and find out what his terms of service are. What are Mateo, like, I don't know what, is Mateo here? Yeah, he's here. Yeah. He's he's just wrote that this is insane. Um, I, I think he's... Uh, um, uh, he's not available live. So well, Mateo, put your terms of service in the chat here. We need we we need to know. It's going to be you have to request feed picks. No, but um, like seriously, okay. Mike Godwin is backing me up on problem. We have we have four minutes, Paula. Mm -hmm. Yes. Question. Um. Now that I almost have a hundred followers on Twitter, which basically means that I'm famous, if I were going to start a podcast or Substack, what should I write about? Because that's uh, as a person who only is right? compelled to write when they have something to say, write about whatever you want to write about. Like, and never, <laughs> I, I had like, when I used to write a blog when I was your age, I guess, like after college and like whatever, I just always did it related to like whatever moved me. And it was never, I didn't write regularly. I didn't do whatever. It was just a, it was very intermittent it never had anything more than four followers. And when I started dating John uh, about two years into like my blog, which was like really crappy and on my personal website, John read every single one of my blog posts before he went on a first date with me. Uh, and then like declared it like, and like then made a bunch of references to like my blog post in the first date. And I was, was it like one of like, what is it called? Is it called? Blogspot is that what was that one? It was like it had the live old. journal. Well, I did no. have live journal, but this was post live journal. I was over live journal at this point. But that's it actually was, it was WordPress. But like I use what's the one with like where it's like a B and like it's maybe like an orange logo and like because I feel like spot. I is it? Um, that's actually really cute and I know don't it's someone retro. That, it's like having my, a, like it's having a rotary dial phone. My old nutrition coach was like kind of famous on Instagram and um, and someone like a, a guy was like, I believe if I'm correct, like um, followed her on Instagram and like knew her from her Instagram stories and then DM'd her and like would make all these references to her like stories and then they started dating and then became married. There you go. That's like the modern version of what you're talking about, but with like Instagram stories. We'll talk about this offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, I have I, I, I have put in a link to Paula's Twitter feed. You should all yes, follow her. I am her. now officially um, over 100 followers. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> um, bye, Paula. Bye, Paula. So, Kate, we need more terms of service from you. No, we don't. I think that we have to wrap. But my final terms of service will be like that you have to end on time. I have one more. That you have to start on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that you started on time today. I don't. I, I have no beef with you today about starting on time. I know. Now, my uh, terms of service. This is an important one, and I think all people who watch in lieu of fun are at least tacitly comfortable with this. Is dog shirts? Oh, yeah. Like if you have too big a problem with dog shirts, 
there are many other people to hang out with in the world. Have you, did you, did you watch the scandal that unfolded around Jeff Horowitz and his appearance on Meet the Press? No. I mean, you love Jeff uh, because of his. I do. Yeah. Uh, But he went on um, Meet the Press uh, and he was uh, wearing a headband and uh, hold on. I'm saying I'm trying to get an image up really quickly. Um, and I thought it was, I mean, I didn't really see like the, uh, I didn't really see the scandal in it. Hold on, put it dropping in the chat. Um, hopefully that like pans out. Um, but it was like a thing and Ben Smith showed up to like his, like to his like thing wearing, uh, wearing like a soccer headband or something. You didn't see this? No, I... How did you not see this? Like, and so Jeff got completely, like, completely eviscerated by people for, like, showing up looking like this uh, in, in, and, like, it actually is, like, very much like a dog shirt type of moment. Uh, This is kind of this moment in which he, like, wore this, he's been wearing a headband on a lot of TV before this. But anyway, I just, like... It's very, it's very yeah. interesting to me. Like so I, I, I yeah. have a, uh, this is actually a, a serious terms of service thing. Yeah. I do not comment about, at least people never, never in public about what people wear yeah. or how they look. I feel particularly strongly about it, about women's appearance, um, where people feel very free to uh offer their opinions with in ways that are not necessarily wanted or not necessarily useful um and they often do it under the guise of being helpful or being concerned and it's actually a passive aggressive form of being an asshole um uh i feel the same way about men and if jeff horowitz wants to wear a headband on meet the press that's fucking fine with me and um, I have no problem with it. And I think everybody should let people express themselves the way they want to express themselves physically and uh, just chill out about what other people are wearing and how they, what color their hair is and you know, all that shit. Just shut up about it. Yeah, it's a good terms of service. That's my terms of service. My last terms is term of service. I'm with you, Ben. Um, it is 6.02 p.m. We will be back blah, 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 and 58 <laughs> minutes from now. <laughs> I think it's 70 hours. I know. But uh, seven, no, it's 71, 72, 71, 71 hours and 58 minutes from now, right? I think it's 70 hours and 58 minutes from now, but I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe it's 71. Is Who it knows? Savings I, this weekend? I thought you told me there wasn't going to be any math. Yeah, in this, I know. I know. In Where's this Jordan show? when you need him? Um, it, okay, 58 minutes and some hours from now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back. Who do we have on Monday? I'm actually very excited about it. I think I've like lined up a good week. Even though it's Columbus Day, we will be having a show. Um, and, oh, Dwayne's on the show on Monday. Dwayne Betts will Excellent. be back on Monday. That's, That's MacArthur Award winner, uh, yeah, Dwayne Betts. Yeah, it's so great. Um, he, I'm so excited to hang out with him. So that'll be on Monday. We have Britton on Tuesday. We have Emily Oster on Wednesday. 
That'll be it's good, awesome. It's a good deal. And Paul White, uh, Rosenzweig on Thursday. It's like a pretty good week. We actually have it planned. It's good. Um, and uh, that will be and 58 minutes from now. And until then, Ben. <laughs> we don't have fun anymore. But if you click through the, the agreement, uh, you can interact with us based on our terms of service. Y2K. Y2 fucking K. Y2 KK.